Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nothing irritates me more in American life than Bostonians who think they grew up in a major city. Boston is a regional, regional city at best that finds itself in the national conversation by sheer force of obnoxious will. The question is not, is Boston comparable to New York City? The question is, is Boston comparable to Charlotte, North Carolina? Whoa! Are other, Whoa. Are other <laughs> regional cities... 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. Welcome to 1978. It's nice to be back in 1978. It is nice to be back. I really think the Red Sox are going to pull it off this year. I'm excited. (laughs) I'm looking Uh, forward to the Boston Massacre. That's going to be a really, really good time for me. Little, little, little. Is 78 Bucky Dent? Is that is that Bucky Dent? Oh yeah, indeed. Yankees are 14 games behind in August. Oh, oh golly. All right. I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have brought that up. Well, I, I was planning on it, but you just won. <laughs> uh, welcome to 50 Years of Music with 50 Year Old White Guys. Uh, ben, you're uh, in the islands right now. Yes, on vacation on the Georgia Shore. Georgia Shore. Jeff, you're out in Berkeley. Sheltering in place for week number 706 in Berkeley, California. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> And I am in Asheville, and hey, we are part of the Drive-In Podcast Network. So excited to be a part of this. Uh, I haven't heard any of the other podcasts yet, but by the time this drops, I will be a huge fan uh, so we can talk about them for 1979. Well, great, because I, I, um, I'll admit I tried to find the Drive-In Podcast Network well, online okay. and okay. struggled to do so. <laughs> so we need to help them get the word out. So no, it, it does it doesn't exist. Yet. Oh, well then I feel much better about the network yeah. that I joined. Because <laughs> right. I was like, did he put us in a dark web podcast network that I can't find? Like, so July, excellent, excellent. July first, uh, it will debut. I think folks are hearing this. I think it's July eighth for them right now. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be fun to to be with those guys. And speaking of fun. I told you last week that when I had big musical questions, I would, I would give you a heads up so you'd have time to ruminate and think. Um, and that way our podcast wouldn't have dead air. So that was my goal. <laughs> and yet, uh, Jeff, I asked, you, I asked the two of you to find the, the best example of, of an album that has, like, starts off like a rocket. Three best songs right out of the gate. How many examples... Did you come up with Ben Barton? I have three. Okay. 
I have one, the one that inspired the question, <laughs> which I thought was like a given, like I have the right answer. Ben has three that aren't even from 1978. Yeah. I'd be super curious to find, I can't wait to find out what yours is. Oh dear God. And now I'm nervous. Uh, Jeff, how, how many did you get? Okay. So this, uh, I wasted so much time on this. I got your email and it's like, this will be easy. And um <laughs> I had like six iterations and I've got it down to 12, but I'm really struggling Twelve. with how to get, I had a version that was six and then I hated it. And then I got made it bigger. And it, at one point I think I had 19 records on here. It's a mess. I need help. This podcast will help me. And we're talking like each of the three songs is like a awesome song. Not only that, but I decided I only want records where the three songs if all you knew about that band were these three songs you would know just about everything you needed to know about the band oh. then i made a list where it was three songs in a row and one of them was the best song ever by that band and that okay. list was too long I, I i put all these guardrails and limitations on myself and i'm still like just a convulsing mess oh i put another information. I, I put okay. two more on one is that the entire record has to be great yep and that the three what? songs announce what the record's about with authority. That it just yep. kicks it off. Yep. Yep. Wow. I wouldn't take any of wow. these 12 off with those two guardrails as well. Okay. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm less sure of mine. Um, oh, I see this. I can't wait to find out what yours is. Right. I well, assumed that you found this question because you found the answer. I did. Anyway, that's, that's correct. Yeah. All right, well, but we'll, we'll, we'll but get to that. the fact that you're worried about your answer has me worried. Yeah, man. Tim, you always go last. This time you go first, brother. That's, I agree. Okay. Right that's, that's Tell it to us right now. That, that's it. No, because people need to know what 1978 is all about first. And in order to get to understand 1978, we need to hear the Grammy winner. You're not going to give the people what they want? You're going to hold yeah. out on us? You're, it, you're like building tension? That is yeah. my impossible question. That's a later segment. You're the best. <laughs> That's a later segment. We will not be doing the segments out of order. It's the Grammy winner. Just the Way You Are by Billy Joel. Yeah! Oh, yeah, just rubbing it in from last week. Don't go changing. Is that Don't enough? go changing because I really hate your guts. I right. stand you. Yep. That is a gracious plenty. I, I was... Uh, Going over last week's podcast, and the <laughs> Billy Joel fight was just an all-timer. I'm so happy. Dude, and also, honestly, when I, I, have I did that. a bunch of research on The Stupid Stranger, so I knew this was coming. And I oh, knew you did. Okay. Billy Joel lumps again this week. It was oh. our surprise. And I'm not here to defend that song. I promise I'm not here to defend that song. It's I the hardest want... rocking song the Grammys has liked this decade, though. Well, I mean, it is a, no, a modern gotta song. No, you've got to remember Joy to the World in 1970. I forgot about Joy to the World. But this, I mean, this this is like heavy metal compared to the last three before oh, it. Oh, yeah. Right? Compared yeah. to Sending the Clouds, they were like, dude, it's the disco era. That's why we're doing this one. Right. I mean, this is a man who sang about masturbation just three albums ago. So this is a big deal for the Grammys. Oh, uh, God. But the lyric, the lyric that just kills me. You always have my unspoken passion, although I might not seem to care. Well, that's that's great. That's yeah. great. 
Oh I don't have to actually do anything in the relationship. I don't want clever conversation. I never want to work that hard. That's uh, my favorite couplet. Because that's right. such a side-eye insult. So, Billy Joel, congratulations. Way you to won, go, William. You won the Grammy. Uh, 1978, also known for the uh, first mobile phone. I think that thing is going to take. Uh, <laughs> Sweden bans the sale of what in 1978? Sadly, not ABBA. That would have really helped us all. <laughs> uh, By the way, ABBA 3 is in the works, Ben Barton. I saw that today from Variety. Uh, you oh, mean nice. Mamma Mia 3? I'm Mama sorry, Mamma yeah. Mia 3. Yes, sorry. For sure. Um, ABBA 3 would be much more exciting. Sweden bans the sale of aerosol sprays. All the way back oh. in 1978, realizing the damage it was doing. Uh, you had the Camp David Accords, Ben Barton. What were the Camp David Accords? Peace between Israel and Egypt, right there. That's Excellent. Part, like number one achievement. Excellent. Um, speaking of number one achievements, Jeff Simons, Jim Davis comes out with a new <laughs> cartoon character. He sure does. And who is sure that cartoon does. character? It is, I believe the original version was called Arbuckle and Friends, but he settled on <laughs> Garfield instead. Um, Garfield the cat comes out in 1978. Oh, dear. Garfield gets neutered. Garfield yep. gets old. How many of those? There must be like 150 of those Garfield gets something books, right? Yes. No, they stopped making them, man. It got too grim. Garfield got COVID. <laughs> That was it. <laughs> the last one. Um, gosh. All right. So we've got Star Wars. Awesome. But there was, a, there was another Hollywood story from 1978, which is just awful. And I did uh, my research. How much do you guys know about the Roman Polanski story? Enough to be upset. Yeah, 78 yes. flees the country, right? He flees the country once he hears word through law circles that the judge is actually going to come back with, with real time and not just time served. Uh, and that he's going to be made an example of. Um, so he takes off as a French citizen. He is protected in France from extradition to any other country, even France's allies. So he's been hiding out uh, for a long time. He did get arrested in Switzerland uh, a few years ago, but then the Swiss, released him rather than turning him over to the United States. Here's what blew me away about the Roman Polanski story. Do you know who he was married to? Oh, he's married to Sharon Tate. Like, yes. Yeah, no, it's his, it's his house. They get, it's CLO drive is his house. That's who, uh, oh. that's who Manson's kids uh, butchered. Oh dude. And he's a character. He's that he's a character. in what's up on a time in Hollywood. Which I finally got to see. Is oh. it good? The movie director guy is Polanski. Yeah. Uh, okay, I got to see this. Uh, it's been on my list. And then the corona hit uh, and the family television has been taken over by the Marvel universe. And it's every it's night. It's not is... when you want your younger kids to wander <laughs> we're in not, and see. We're not going to be watching that together. Uh, all right. Well, let's, let's uh, transition to the number one hit of 1978. This is going to be a surprise for me too, Ben, because I oh, do I... not remember what I sent Jeff. Oh, this is good stuff. I, 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 full disclosure, I owned this song on the pod. I had no downloading necessary. It's the number one hit. Shadow Dancing by Andy Gibb. Shadow Dancing by Andy Gibb. 
was chasing your direction I was telling you no lies And I was loving you When the words are said Baby, I lose my head That's not the Bee Gees, right? That's that's the Gibb guy. That's Andy Gibb. Very good. Yes. Okay. I can't uh, believe it's not staying alive. Isn't that right. amazing? Or or La Freak. I mean, it's a little bit sad. Like that song's fine, but I mean, among the the list of the disco bangers that year, that would be yeah late for me. It's weird, isn't it? It's because the um he went through this kind of crazy Sean Cassidy teeny bopper thing, right? It, right. It, but it was number one for almost almost two months. He didn't was, have a beer. Yeah, no, there wasn't there like a six-month period where it was him or the Bee Gees period? Yeah, right. In, on the, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, crushing it. Uh, that was also uh, the longest uh, clip Jeff has ever played on the 50 oh, you Years have to of get Music to the podcast. Chorus on that I was just trying to get to the chorus. That tells you something about like the 70s, right? You could wait a minute and 13 seconds to get to the chorus. You could right. have to do that now. Well, with my song, we are going to start 30 seconds in, just trying to oh, good. I hope so. get places. Um, <laughs> all right. I, before I get to the impossible question, I should also note Jim Jones and the uh, suicide Jonestown. Kool-Aid Jonestown happens in 1978. Jeff, was he out in the, the Bay Area? Oh, yeah. Look, so Jim Jones is a fascinating figure. He starts the People's Temple in the Tenderloin of San Francisco. And for years, he's an important kingmaker in the city. Like, Diane Feinstein owes her political career to right. Jim Jones. So does um, Harvey Milk got elected because of the support of the, of the wow. Jonestown folks. Um, and uh, he was a, a really just a central figure in progressive politics in San Francisco. And when he moved the whole folks to Guyana, to Jonestown, it was not a radical movement at first. Like everybody in San Francisco knew somebody who went there. To, to um, what end? Why did they? Uh, they went it, to start a utopia, to start a, a deracinated utopia, free from the racism and specter of American capitalism and slavery. Uh, and, but I uh, thought he was also being chased down on, on racketeering or fraud. Not yet. Or no, the first no. move was very much a utopian. And then once he was there, he, it was clear that he had started to go a little nuts and the federal government wanted him for, for tax evasion and racketeering. And then when the, when the San Francisco County supervisors started to get heat from family members, like, Hey, we're not hearing from people. And this mm -hmm. seems like it might be cultish. And then when Jones wouldn't cooperate or give information, that's when the whole thing went to oh. went to hell. But I mean, like I, I, I don't want to reveal too much. But I, I taught family members of of descendants of Jim Jones. Like wow. I mean, his his family still lives here, and there are still, I mean, people I know are one degree of separation from somebody who passed away down there. It's it's it was a Gosh. it's still it still casts a shadow for sure. And was it a U.S. congressman who was killed? Yep, like on, on the, the tarmac, tarmac. Yeah. on the tarmac, trying to get back. Yeah, uh, and that so that Jonestown's happened. The suit, the mass suicide at Jonestown happens 
within two weeks of Harvey Milk being murdered in City Hall. That's oh, really? The same, that's the same summer moment in San Francisco. The whole city fell apart. That I mean, is nuts. Holy cow. Yeah. Um, yeah, a student of mine did a paper on Harvey Milk and learning more and more about that gunman and, and what a Ron White, yeah. Deranged man he was. It's troubling. All right. Well, transition to the impossible question. There is no transition. Here's what I asked these two What is the album you think of if someone says the best three songs to open an album are blankety blank? <laughs> So when Rico, Rico Kasich passed away the, this past school year and, and my students had no idea who Rico Kasich was, I'm like, well, look, the cars. And they had no idea who the cars were. So we spent a number of classes just listening to the cars. And it dawned on me, like, what a debut album and what an opening to that album to start with those three songs, not only establishing what the album is all about, but really, uh, is it Elliot Eastman is the guitarist? I think so. Easton, Eastman, um, Elliot Easton. Those guitar licks are just great. awesome. Three awesome bangers, stuff. no question. So I was like, oh my gosh, that is the best open three song opening to an album that I could think of. Jeff, are you going to object on your guardrails or should I? What do you mean? Record's not great. Those three, oh, no. No, no. Those three songs are bangers. But it falls off a cliff. Track four and five, and then the side B. There's, my, like, I my, think there's one good song on side B. but uh, The one from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Moving yeah. in stereo. Yeah. Yep. Yep. My son asked me, he's like, how's the rest of the album? I was like, ah. <laughs> ah. Yeah, so I, I had no guardrails. But what about, all right, if you're not, because I don't know what you're going to throw at me next. But what about as far as debut albums go? Dude, I actually thought your 78 was going to be Van Halen, Van Halen. Uh, <laughs> what, are yeah, first, what are the first three on that? I don't, I, eruption and Running with the Devil, I'm pretty sure. I'm Ain't talking about love, Eruption, and Running, from the, running with the Devil, I think. Um, but I would argue that there's an even better first three songs from that year from The Police, Next to You, So Lonely, and Roxanne. That's a good Start, one. That's, that's really a pretty good, good first too. three. Dang, out of the it's gate. Good year for, for uh, and that's a debut record too. So, so the cars yeah, might not with the devil the eruption. You really got me. So the police, Van Halen, and the cars all debut in 1978 and yeah. all come out of the gate strong. All right, but let's let's hear it, Ben. What are your three albums' best openings? All right, so uh, the first one, 1993, Pearl Jam versus 1991. You mean? Oh, 1993 versus. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Sorry. Versus, go animal daughter. That's, it, was on, it was on my list. Shreds pretty hard. 
2013, Kanye West, Yeezus. On site, black skinhead, I am a god. And uh, that's a crazy record. It doesn't have any of my favorite Kanye West songs on it, but it's the only Kanye West record that is a singular work of art from start to finish. And it's a crazy techno record. And those three songs just kick it right off. Greatest couplet he ever wrote to in a French okay. ass restaurant. Hurry up. Oh with yeah, man. Croissant. That's an I'm a God. That's, that's <laughs> yep. song number three for sure. <laughs> Love that. Um, and then Lana Del Rey, Norman fucking Rockwell. 2019. Huge. Norman fucking Dang. Rockwell, Marriage Apartment Complex, and Venice Bitch, all just back to back to back to launch that record. So good. All right. All right. All right. I got to get get on my Lana Del Rey info. I, I've i heard some songs, haven't listened to a whole album. Yeah, man. That this. Uh, so I, I like her jealous. Let us, save, let us save the Lana Del Rey till we good. get fair, to that. Fair, year. fair, fair. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I, yeah, it'll, give, it'll give Tim it'll give Tim twenty or thirty weeks to catch up. So he's not. Uh... <laughs> Good stuff. All right. So uh, it's to me. Yeah. Just yeah. go to your top five. Top five. Yeah. I, I, I won't even do. Look. I'll just like. How do you not pick? Are you experienced with Purple Haze, Manic Depression, and Hey Joe? Right. How do you not pick Led Zeppelin II with Whole Lot of Love, What Is and What Should Never Be in the Lemon Song? How do you not pick Damn the Torpedoes with Refugee, Here Comes My Girl, and Even the Losers? Like, uh, there's just a bunch of... Un- How do you not pick OK Computer with Airbag, Paranoid Android, and Subterranean Homesick Alien? How do you not pick Sky Blue Sky with Either Way, You Are My Face, and Impossible Germany? But all of those are not even close to what I would argue is easily the most obvious pick which is where the streets have no name. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And with or without you, you two is the Joshua tree, which I pretty Whoa. sure are the three best songs to start a record ever. And I'm not a U2 fanatic, but those three songs are undeniable. What? Any one band, but any one of those songs out would be, remembered and the fact that those start the record name them again name them again where the streets have no name i still haven't found what i'm looking for with or without you dang yeah i mean that is those are hard to beat those are really really hard to beat for a top three to start a record so that's my that's my choice is joshua tree see my problem is i don't do any research i just say (laughs) look point I would like that shiny thing. Uh, those are good. Now, now I've got some work to do, but uh, the U2, you got me right there, Jeff Simons. I mean, I just remember like hearing that record for the first time and where Streets Have No Name I was like, boy, that's pretty good. And then yeah. the second one was like, wow, that was pretty good. And then I, I guess With or Without You had been the first single. Right. But I got to, it. I mean, I think I didn't even listen through the end of the first song. I think I picked the needle up and started over after those first three songs. So when we get to that year, I pick a song from that album, not one of those three. Crazy. That's a strong album. That's good. It's a good record. All right. That was our impossible question, uh, which, of course, you I guys do love, however, t- I will say Ben's choice, Ben's choice is far more interesting than mine. Picking the Joshua Tree, to quote Jack Black, like picking the Joshua Tree is like picking, right, the Beatles side one, side one. Like it's not a... <laughs> I mean, if I was going to go deep, I had a couple of deep ones, but we'll get to those years and I'll try to get them in the conversation. I mean, I was, I was impressed when he went with Kanye, but then Lana Del Rey, I was like, whoa. Ben keeps Look a at current, the young guy. Ben, Ben's, uh, 
Ben's 50 going on 46. It's impressive. <laughs> Two times. Uh, 45 tops. Ah, uh, all right. So, uh, invitation to cynicism. Here we go. Um, Jeff Simons, I'm going to have you answer this question, and I'll have Ben Barton watch in pain. We're in a wonderful period right now, the last 20 years or so, uh, where the Boston sports scene is just remarkable. Championship after championship, glory after glory, which follows a 20-year period or so where where every television show seemed to be filmed in Boston. And Boston was the hot spot, whether it was Cheers or Ali McBeal or Spencer for Boston Hire. Legal, Boston Legal, Boston Public. Legal. Yeah. It went on and on and on. Like, and, and a lot of movies also set in Boston. And, and I would argue that the late 70s, Where are we going with Boston was... You're, you're still talking about this? In the late 70s, Boston's music scene kind of held sway with, with the Cars and Boston. We haven't mentioned the Jay Giles band. Oh, my gosh. First of all, you, you're aware that your main competitor is New York City. <laughs> you're not- like, you're aware of that. So, uh, Jeff, wait. Just- I'm throwing a challenge flag on that. Hold on. Let him finish. Let him finish. Jeff, the uh, invita- all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, you're not going to put the Boston music scene in the late 70s against the New York music scene in the late 70s. <laughs> and also, really? I will happily put the movies and TV shows set in New York against the movies and TV shows set in Boston anytime. Like, you're splitting <laughs> upstream there. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, the invitation to cynicism <laughs> question. <laughs> is Boston actually the second best city in the United States of America. Oh, I'm so glad you threw me the softball. Nothing irritates me more in American life than Bostonians who think they grew up in a major city. Boston is a regional, (laughs) regional city at best that finds itself in the national conversation by sheer force of obnoxious will. The question is not, is Boston comparable to New York City? The question is, is Boston comparable to Charlotte, North Carolina? Whoa. Are other, Whoa. Are other <laughs> regional cities, Boston is famous because it's accidentally in a place where colonists were. But it, you guys are an insular, inward-facing, navel-gazing, backwards seawater swilling overrated place boston drives me crazy with we its think... self-love and self-importance well don't we... even you are barking up the uh, wrong know... tree here my Although, friend jeff jeff i think you're oh. being harsh it is nicer than hartford <laughs> okay boston i i tell you what these podcasts have been running long so we are gonna have to cut some segments <laughs> And I know which segment we're cutting. Oh, for God's sake. But the Boston music scene, like Boston, that tells you everything you need to know. What did we call our, what should we call our band? Boston. We are a pretty good college town. Decent college town. Eh. Where people come from far away, imbue it with culture, and then leave. (laughs) Leaving friendlies. And the the fifty nine. What's that stupid place called? Like the sixty nine er or the fifty nine? Like there's the thirty nine. There's like a bunch it's, of regional restaurant it, chains that are only the ninety nine. The ninety nine. Necco wafers. What else are you guys weirdly proud of in that in that place? 
Boston no, drives just, me crazy. Just lost that spot. I have it in for Boston. All right. Well, unfairly. I have the feeling that in this podcast, Boston will have the last word. Oh, my goodness that, that, gracious. Uh, let's move on to our three songs. Our three songs. This one's so easy for me. I love this song so much. It's from a record that I absolutely adore. Um, I think I've had a poster of this record on every wall of every house I've ever lived in. Um, I love everything about this record and this song and what this artist was doing in this moment. And even though it's, it's the disco year and my backup pick might be Ben's pick, we'll see. Um, this has nothing to do with disco. In fact, it's a song about being irritated by disco, but I just love it. And it's uh, Radio Radio by Elvis Costello. Oh! Radio Radio by Elvis Costello. Okay, I get it. So the first Elvis so Costello has um, doesn't have the attractions on it. It's a pickup band. Oh. It's actually Huey Lewis's band, Clover from America, who are over in England trying to really? get a record deal. So it has a kind of a country bandish quality, which is great. I love My Aim is True, but the attractions get hired to, to tour and they go right in the studio after a hundred shows and they just they're so tight and they're so electric and they and uh, they're they're damn fine musicians who know how to push a little bit without taking the song over. And I just think this is model is a, just a terrific record. And radio radio is actually not on the original track listing. He, he released it as a single only. And then the American record company was like, you gotta be kidding me. You're not going to put <laughs> radio radio. So it's on the American version. And now like, you know, and CDs, they just throw everything on there, but I Wait, love radio why, radio. Why wasn't it on it. the album? Well, in England, you, you released singles, individually and, and it was considered a ripoff to put the single on the record. And so like the Beatles, like some of the Beatles greatest oh. tracks aren't on the British albums, but they were on the American versions. So this, this year's model has got a, a an English track listing and an American track listing and radio radios like, but isn't um, the whole point of the single to attract you to buy the album? Only in America In England, it was the thing you put out in between records to keep people interested. Oh, which is now how which is how it is now right with spotify and right it's people are now like here's a mixtape now here's three singles now here's another mixtape so right always on the, always in the they were ahead of it it's funny we're going backwards in terms of the way the business runs but radio radio killer killer bass unbelievable drums perfect songwriting i just love it he's got i want to bite the, i want to bite the hand that feeds me i want to bite that hand so badly I love okay that. okay He's got an album in 77, an album in 78. An what? album in 79 and 80 and 81, two in 81 and 82 and 83. Holy cow. Two in 84 and two in 86 before he, uh, the attractions and he part ways. Wow. Is that, Lots of music. 
one of the most prolific songwriting periods. Yeah, it's up there. I mean, it's Beatles level production after the Beatles, which most bands don't even try to do. Right, right. All right, good selection, good choice for 78. Ben Barton, what do you got? I had a very hard time this year. And uh, I ran through So Lonely. Yeah, that's a good one. The reason why I knew those records so well is I did My Best Friend's Girl. Uh, uh, Beast of Burden was the strong. I thought that might be it. Instead, I'm choosing not a song that begins an era, but a song that ends an era. Okay. And uh, it's... You got that right, Leonard Skinner. Interesting. Okay. You got that right by Leonard Skinner. for the show got that right for sure <laughs> so that's i uh i went through a huge leonard skinner phase in high school and then leonard in brooklyn fully uncool and i gave up on them and then if for my exercise mix i was looking through the songs that i play at this stupid poker game that i also do the djing for oh, this nice. was the song and i put on the exercise mix as a joke and then the more i listened to it the more i loved it and here's why this song is basically, it's the last single from Leonard Skinner. It's released after the plane crash. Okay. And it's a distillation. It's like the hard boiled where they've gotten rid of everything that's useless about their sound. And they've distilled it just to this one three minutes and 40 seconds song. It's got the beautiful slide guitar. It's the, the lyrics are laughably straightforward. (laughs) There's a song called The Breeze that's the exact same song, and there's a song called Freebird that's the exact same song. And there's like five other literature. (laughs) I like to drive around. I can't stay. I also like to drink and fight. I'm like, okay, Okay. thanks. You captured it all in one like nice little nugget here for you. (laughs) Um, So yeah, and there's just something like uh, so tight the songwriting in this. Um, and the guitar work is amazing. I just love this one. Well, I don't like to talk, I don't like to talk smack about Ben's choices cause they're always interesting, but um, I cannot believe this is your pick for 1978 considering <laughs> what you have available. If nothing else, like if you're not going to pick Beast of Burden, how is Miss You not your pick? I mean, Miss You is, I, it was really hard for me to pick Radio Radio over, over Miss Wait, You. That's the give perfect. Me Give me Miss You. I don't know what it is. Oh, okay. Oh, I mean, this is the best rock disco groove, and it's not even close. I mean, these guys are killing it. It's a great song. And I happen to think, like... So, Jeff, do you know why? Do you want to know the actual reason why? I do. What's my favorite song on that record? On Some Girls? Yeah. 
uh, it's Beast of Burden. Oh, no, it's Before They Make Me Run. It's Before They Make Me Run. I, and, and so, like, basically, I was really weirded out by that. I was like, oh, I can't choose. Like, that's definitely. I, I chose Vienna as the song of the year for last year. I definitely couldn't choose, like, the weird Keith song on this record. <laughs> matter is, that's the song. If I, if I go back to that record, that's the one I listen to. I, that's my favorite song on the record. Okay. Do Beast of Burden or Miss You. Interesting. And if you're going to choose Miss You, like, if you're going to choose a, a – I would have chosen uh, Staying Alive. Like, that's the song that announces it – or, or uh, one of the Blondie songs, like, one way or another. Um, like, a, yeah. a song that announces the future way more, even than Miss You. Miss You is a reflection on what's happened already. I think you miss you. I mean, I, I'm talking out of my, my hat here, but Miss You's the last time the Stones sound current and sound great at the same time. Like, Miss You's the last time the Stones were oh, able no, to man. respond on, to the moment. Start but that's up. a 74. That's, that's, a, that's not a new wave song. I mean, no, I'm but, saying, like, the Stones are like, whoa, disco's popular. We should make a disco song. Like, the Stones have tried to stay current. They've used auto-tune. They've used DJs. They've used scratching. It's a disaster. <laughs> but Miss You is a better disco song than most disco songs. Charlie gets that thing. He's got it that that bpm and that beat just figured out i love that song i think it's it's i don't i don't i don't think it's backwards what, facing was at that all. your was that your backup jeff yeah that's it my was. number two and it you was. like you like you got that right more than i know a little oh yeah for sure dude okay. I, like i i love you got that right okay um, I, I say I add it as a joke, but then the jokes like just I just came to love it. That's I actually love that. I love when the joke it becomes the joke that consoles. I love that. So <laughs> no, great. for sure. And actually, the funny thing is, like you know, whatever it's Southern rock, and so that's super problematic. I get that. I did not choose Sweet Home Alabama. Um, that being said, thank I, you. It's not bad advice. Like uh, I like to drink and dance all night. Those are things I actually like to do. <laughs> and then if it comes to a fix, I'm not afraid to fight. Like that's maybe a little aggressive for me, but it's not like I'm starting a fight. It's coming to a fix. I'm like, oh, this is, this is a version of toxic masculinity that's, you know, not the end of the world. That's actually not, that's true. I'm trying to think yeah. of Leonard Skinner who has like it. a, if all of his songs fit that, like, I mean, okay. Call Me the Breeze. They like a special song and they have that smell. They have some, like, the funny thing is that, um, they have a song called That Smell, by the way, which still makes me <laughs> laugh every time I hear it. Oh, yeah. That's, right, but that's an anti-drug song. I mean, the funny thing is that for the 70s in the South, they were a progressive act. They were yeah. played a Carter benefit, um, and uh, the, that's how much things have shifted, is that now yeah. they're adopted by, on the conservative side. No, if you really, I mean, the, the version of, of Leonard Skinner that's unforgivable is the Marshall Tucker band. Like, yeah. can't you see? Like, that's hard to... Will had that playing on his iPod I, the other night. I, I yeah, Marshall love. Tucker bands, can't you see? And I was like, what is that? He's like, I came up because I liked <laughs> I something love. else. I'm like, you got to shut that down right now. Like that. I love the Marshall Tucker band. Oh so great. All right. Well, gentlemen, good, good stuff for 1978. Um, but yeah, at eight years old, I was coming into my own. Uh, I, I could do the Red Sox lineup batting style. Uh, for each of the nine players in their lineup. I mean, I, I was all over it. I was all over the music scene. Um, these were these were heroes to young Bostonians like myself. Marvin Hagler was like this local hero that like we hung on to as like our, he's our boxer. The cars are our band. And we also had a disco queen in Boston. Her name was... Donna Summer. 
Last Dance by Donna Summer. Last dance. It's from, thank, from the Thank God It's Friday soundtrack. I don't know if you remember that disco movie. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking there's, there's an outside chance that disco is not going to make it into our three songs. And I yes. felt that that would be uh, a horrible oversight on our part. So Donna Summer saves the day with one of my favorite disco songs. Objections? Uh, I'm only your choice of disco song. I mean, this is La Freak is from '78, which would have yeah, been my was, choice, yeah. I think. And also, oh. what year is Hot Stuff? That's my favorite. That's the next year, and Hot Stuff is her best song by a mile. It's '79 though, but Hot Stuff is a killer. That go. Song what's Hot Stuff? Ass. Go. Um, she crushes this. Yeah. And the guitar part. How about that that, that rock guitar part? Love it. It's so great. This is going to keep happening. Uh, Artists are going to die, and we're going to have to go in the classroom and teach. And our heads will be spinning. Like this happened when Donna Summer passed away, and I was teaching. And the kids had no idea who Donna Summer was. I was like, all right, I guess we're not teaching literature today because we're just going to play Donna Summer for the next 40 minutes. I did it with the cars this year. It's going to keep happening. You played 40 minutes of Donna no, Summer? No, I'm exaggerating. But I did. We did have a good. I, I actually will say, though. Like, I actually made everybody get up and dance. We did have a 10-minute dance party, and that, that was pretty funny. That is pretty fun. You can't really have a 10-minute dance party to the cars unless you're doing that, like, little <laughs> weird new wavy thing, you know? Like. Um, That's a good I, choice. I can't. I don't begrudge the last dance. Donna Summer is... Um, I really find her interesting because like when she first broke in, it was with Giorgio Moroder, the German guy and her songs. It's like she invent, they kind of invent techno, don't you think? With I Feel Love and Love to Love You Baby, like that electronic music kind of develops uh, and the songs that people don't know as well. And then I think she looked around and was like, why am I not making a lot of money singing disco songs? And then was able to transition. Huh. But she's, a, she's an interesting artist. All right, things things we need to cover in future podcasts. Uh, so we've already got. I, I need I need Ben to talk about guitar techs. Uh, so we'll get to that when we get into a little more Van Halen. 
Um, I need to. Understand. Oh, by the way, eruption. I meant to, eruption was on the list. Yeah. Okay. Um, I need to understand genres better. Like what defines punk? What defines new wave? What defines pop? Okay. Not tonight. Um, and then I also want to have a conversation about craft work, craft, crafts work, craft work, which is like, I thought it was like some sort of catering uh, business. <laughs> craft services. <laughs> But apparently, they keep coming up in the late seventies. Should we do up- a whole? We should do a whole German <laughs> rock art rock mini lesson for. for I, I will. I will take the Falco and can. I'll take Falco. Craftwork. Yes, Falco is the kind of where it all ends up. You're right <laughs> with the commissar. <laughs> and Jeff, you actually like you're really you can you're not gonna like make fun of craftwork. Like there's some craftwork you actually like. Um. No, I mean, I I might make fun of him a little bit. I, I get why it matters, and uh, is, I find it interesting for a couple minutes, but no, I don't, like, I don't sit around like, you know what this moment needs is a little craft work. Like, whenever right, I talk. Because I'm not, I, like, uh, I'm the wrong person to talk to. They suck. I hate them. People who like them can kiss my ass. Like, they're <laughs> But there's no hip-hop without them. Like, Trans Europe Express is the background of, of like, the first 20 hip-hop tracks. No way, man. You'll find out in 79 the background for those hip-hop tracks. Whoa. This is African Bombada and Grandmaster Flash. They all use this track. This is Kraftwerk. Don't push me because I'm close to the... It's the same. It's later in that same track, yeah. All I know is I was playing uh, an artist the other day and a Kraftwerk song came up and it was 20 minutes long. I was like, dear God, I was trying to do it. Yeah, Audubon. It's like, what? 20 minutes? I don't have time for that. All right, fellas. Says the the man who hosts a 45-minute podcast every week. You go back to your your vacation. Uh, Jeff, you go back to hunkering down. I'm just going to close the computer and stare off into the middle distance as usual until you call me again next week. Thanks for listening to 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Look us up on Twitter and leave us a note. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electric acid. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electricast production. Electricast. Electricast.